Welcome to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the champions who use their positive energy to change the world because your energy really does matter. We are heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites, including Pandora, Spotify, and Apple, where you'll also find a library of all of Robin's shows. And if you happen to live in or visiting uh, our home base of Charleston, South Carolina, we're also heard Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of our dear friend and radio legend, John Quincy. And here she is, Robin Berlinski. Hey, Ron. Robin, delighted to see you again. And, uh... I know before we get into all the fun stuff, we've always got some business to take care of. We always do. Um, For those of you listening on the radio, remember we do have a podcast, as Ron mentioned, and follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski. There's lots of giveaways and fun tips and treasures for everyone. So check it out. That was excellent. It's like you've said that before. Well, thank you. I know, right? Almost committed to memory. (laughs) You know, I have to tell you, you you throw me a curveball and give me a lot of problems almost every show. And you want to know why? Uh-huh. You do want to know why? I do. Because you always bring in these great guests that have these ridiculous bios, and I have to <laughs> I somehow do. figure out how to whittle it down to something yep. uh, uh, digestible, and this one is no exception. Megan Bloom will join us in a moment. She is the founder and a creative, a chief creative officer of an organization I'm going to tell you about in just a moment. Now, Megan, before I jump in and introduce you officially, I know you're in the interior design business, but more importantly... Let's talk about uh, your talents exhibit a perfect blend of knowledge, skill, inspiration, and creativity. Design is her passion, as she knows it can truly make a difference in people's lives. And your job is to explain how that all works under the fabulous umbrella of Energy Matters. Megan Bloom, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. I want to jump in because this is why I'm so excited. And Ron, you're right. I search far and wide for amazingness. It's true. I find them, and today's no exception. I love Megan, um, have not met her in person, but I have to tell you, I've been on her website and absolutely adore that her title is Chief Creative Officer. You guys, my staff gave me a bag um, that says Chief Energy Officer. Oh, Isn't that awesome? that's fabulous. Um, so I really resonate with that. And I want to like tee this off by saying today we're going to talk about spaces and the energy in our homes. And um, I want to get right to that, but I want to share with you, um, Megan, when I'm on your website, I feel so good. When I'm looking at these spaces you've designed, it makes me feel like I want to grab a hot cup of tea and my favorite socks and sit on the couch and create things. You know, I, it's cluttered spaces make me really anxious. And, you know, when I walk in a room and the colors are blended and all the fabrics and textures are just right, it really puts you in the creative zone. So I'm excited to learn more about what you do, but also your story leading you up to this. Um, Something my listeners know is I run a nonprofit called Engaging Creative Minds, and our mission is to inspire creativity and get kids engaged and motivated to learn and try new things. So was there, like, go back to when you started in school and were you always creative and an artist and kind of tell us your journey from then to now. Definitely. No, I have always had um, creativity a large part of my life, just being more involved in more creative aspects of the arts and different things in my life and drawn to those those types of things. And I drew, drew me to interior design and just the idea of being able to create um, beautiful spaces for people that are comfortable and allow them to have more, more joy and more creativity and allow them to function better in them. And have it be spaces that they really love to be in. And that's 
my ultimate goal. And I'm so happy when clients come back and say, I just love being in my home. It feels so wonderful. The energy is good. I can function well. And that's, that's just And there it awesome. is. The energy's good. Yep. That's it. Yep. I do yep. me a favor, Megan, because I'm sort of like the ventriloquist dummy to Robin. <laughs> yep. And so I oh need to... Oh my gosh, add, I love that visual. Yeah, I need to, <laughs> I need to ask the questions that others might, uh, but would be embarrassed because we're supposed to know these things. So First of all, you've elevated interior design to a science, which I think is fascinating. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the uh, entertainment center I made with cinder blocks and plywood when I was in college, <laughs> which obviously not under your purview. But explain to me, because this is all I know, how does, is it feng shui, feng shui, how do you pronounce that? Mm -hmm. And how does that apply to anything that you might do? Mm -hmm. um, feng shui is definitely kind of a practice of like having your home set up in a certain way to perform functionally for you. Um, there's definitely certain designers that like very specifically specialize in that um, because there's directional different aspects of how, how things function or like that the front door is like perfectly clean because it's the, the representation of walking into your home and things gotcha. like that too. So um, it's, it's a really good practice. So that was supposed to be your opportunity to say, that's a great question, Ron, but I didn't hear that yeah. because <laughs> going in the wrong direction. So uh, yeah. as Robin asked, what, where were you when this aha moment of, wow, if I do this and if I change this in this environment, it could, it could make people happier, more creative or whatever the other explanations are. How do we make such a journey? Well, I think we just, in our lives, become so busy with stuff and things and, you know, your homes can become cluttered and full of things that don't make you feel good. And so I think having spaces that have um, beautiful textures and colors and objects that are meaningful to you and decluttering, I think, is like a huge thing um, in the space makes you feel comfortable and makes your home a better place for you to thrive in. And that's, you know, your ultimate goal is that, um, you know, I think unconsciously our room's play in a tremendous influence on our mental health. And so investing in spaces that can really become your sanctuary is so important. You know, we're always, like I said, living in a messy, disorganized space will likely make you feel overwhelmed and frustrated and lower your vibration. So what can we do to like have our vibrations at home be the best that they can? Yeah. And I think about classrooms too, you know, red is really a stimulating color. So I taught first mm -hmm. grade and I <laughs> didn't I avoided that because, yep. you know, you want kids, again, in their creative zone and really motivated, but not, you know, high energy. Yep. Um, so colors are important. Textures important. Um, mm -hmm. My question to you is, so you're in high school, you're moving into college. Like what were those classes? What were those types of things you were learning that made you realize this is a career? Um. I would say, I mean, like definitely in high school, it was more of like the arts classes and things like that. And I, I did go to college for interior design. And so really learning scale and proportion um, is, is very important that the objects, you know, your furniture pieces, the things in the environment have the right scale to the ceiling heights and the spaces of the rooms because that all, those all make you feel more comfortable and um, more inviting to be in the space. Um, and obviously there's more science and different types of classes that we learn as well. But um, I'd say, like I said, kind of more of the creative arts classes, which really gets your mind thinking. Is there a standard, dare I use the word mistake, that most people make in, in their interior environments where you just go, oh, or let me explain why that doesn't work for you, but something that we can all you know, associate with. Yeah, I would actually say scale's a big one that I frequently, when I walk into someone's home, and I'm like, the scale's just off. Like, the 
chair's too small for the space. The area rug is way too little. That's one that we see all the time that the, the, the rug's way too little for the space. And so it just like doesn't, it makes everything kind of feel off. Um, you know, I, artwork often gets hung way too high. And so it just, again, it doesn't, it brings your eye kind of up too high. You want to kind of keep it down a little bit lower, keeping it more of an intimate environment. Um, and I think just editing, you know, I think it's kind of, they say that in fashion, you know, kind of take one, one item off. And I think that that's frequently in rooms too. People kind of overdo it sometimes. And I'm, I can somewhat be a maximalist as well, but I think just having a, that clear vision just to edit a few things, cause you're, your eyes do need a break. They need a little bit of a rest and um, being able to have a spot that they can, they can rest in a room is important too, to have just a cohesive environment. Is this a never ending process or are you ever at a point when you work with a client where you can sit back and go, okay, this room is done. We, we've done absolutely everything we can do in here. You know, I definitely work on some projects that are, we, we, you know, do every aspect of it top to bottom and it, it is done from that sake. But I also think as humans and people, it should ever evolve because it should always tell the story of you and change as far as like objects from travels or you fall in love with this really warm, cozy throw that just makes you feel good and makes you feel more comfortable or or that beautiful scent that reminds you of a trip or the ocean. And that, you know, by having that scent in there creates new good energy in the space too. Um, pictures, you know, just having different things that kind of tell your story of who you are. So I, I in my home personally, it's always in edit and there's always evolving and it gets better and better with, as I always find new things. I love that. Do you have a favorite room you, you design like a bedroom or do you a kitchen? I actually, I actually really do um, enjoy bedrooms just because they are, they're the place where we unwind and um, they should be a sanctuary. It's how you start and end your day and to wake up with those really good vibrations. I think it's just super important. Um, I do, I do that. I, I also enjoy kitchens. I would say just for the aspect because it's such a central hub of the home and we all spend so much time there. We gather there and I love to use, you know, interesting materials and, and things like that to really um, give the the kitchen some depth and interest. Let me tell you something that bothers me, if I can put this out there. And you kind of touched yeah. on this already. I find it very unusual to go into somebody's home and they don't have personal things. For example, if you come into my house, besides the hoard that I have in my office, according to my wife, um, <laughs> everything in the house tells a story, a trip, an experience, an adventure. And I had a client years ago who lived in this I don't know, six or 7,000 square foot house in Ohio. And every room was rooms to go. There wasn't a single personal item except maybe a couple of family pictures magnetized on the refrigerator. Why did that bother me so much? I'm asking you to be a psychologist as well, but... Yeah, right? It, it was just probably too cold and it just didn't have... You could tell that none of the objects told a story. Exactly. You know, you it's a piece of pottery. It's, it's a, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, why? Yeah. You know, it's funny, that question, when my kids were little and I wanted them to clean their rooms, I would always say, I want this room to look like a pottery barn catalog. (laughs) And that was our bar. At least for five minutes. Yeah. But as part of your process, do you work with clients and say, okay, we need, let's make sure we add some personal touches to each room, whether it's family pictures and nice frames or, you know, a poster, something that tells a story beyond just sit down and let's be comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's what I love so much about what I do because the process is very intimate and it's 
you know, new construction takes a couple of years. So I really get to know these people and what they love to do and what they, where they like to travel and things like that. So I'm able to incorporate different pieces of artwork or inspiration that does kind of share that story or kind of has some of that, that vibe as well. Um, and when I accessorize a home, often I'll have them bring some objects that they still want to use. And I incorporate those, you know, that they had on their travel to Africa or this or that and um, adding pictures in, you know, maybe they're updated picture frames, but like the picture of the first time the baby was at the beach, you know, types of things like that too, that have those happy memories that um, make us all feel warm and cozy too. Um, so that's, I, I, and I also love when um, people have furniture pieces that we, you know, have a story. I was just at a client's last week in her dining room. She's the eighth generation of this beautiful corner hutch wow. um, cabinet that they give to the um, first daughter born and it, it's passed down eight generations already. And I was like, that is such a cool story. And the piece is still beautiful and looks great in her dining room in a brand new home. And it gives that like comfort to that dining room. I love that. I have my grandmother's dining room table from upstate New York. Really? Mm -hmm. How many family events happened around? Oh my gosh, the memories. And I can't believe they had six kids. It's so tiny. (laughs) It's amazing. I have a question. So, you know, teachers, we go to conferences every year and we learn, you know, new things in education. I'm assuming you go to things and you learn about the trends and what's new. Like share with our listeners some of the cool things coming in for 2024, like colors or textures. Is there something that is really cool coming along for us to think about? Yeah. I mean, I would say in general, color is um, more important in the homes. Um, We kind of went through an era where everything was kind of white, white background type of look. And while I think that's still a classic look, um, the rooms are becoming a little bit more cozier, more interest, you know, like a, a dinner library that has a deep navy blue or deep green, green still being really popular in the home interiors. And there's more warmth in general. It's definitely um, leaning towards more warmer tones, um, even just in like some of the woodwork, um, kitchen islands that have, you know, it's not just kind of an all white kitchen that is the trend right now. It has a little bit more warmth in the a painted green or navy blue and things like that too. Yeah, I'm seeing cabinets with cool colors now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. Um, I'm having a coffee table delivered next week from <laughs> Pottery Barn. Oh, can we all be oh, there? I am like, you have no idea. I, it's like reclaimed. Can I take pictures? It's like the farmhouse reclaimed wood. Yeah. I, I've been so excited about this. That one piece is going to change the whole look and feel. And I'm all yeah. about energy and space, but I cannot wait for yeah. it to come. That's exciting. It's no, so it's exciting. fun when you get new pieces and... It, it is amazing what something, especially a cocktail table, can really change mm-hmm. the room just because it, it well, really grounds. And it's space. functioning. I I have this beautiful couch, and it, it has nice seating on the ends of it. But if you're in the middle, you're sort of just like sitting in an auditorium in a straight back chair. Yeah. Like there's there's yep. nowhere to put your glass. There's nowhere to put your, like dare I say, your feet, but you can put them yeah, on my coffee sure. table. So yep. I'm excited to give the room another space to be comfortable when you're visiting, mm-hmm. like I remember when I taught first grade, I was always about the space because as my students would move to centers, I would have each one designed so they felt really comfortable within that space. So it felt mm-hmm. warm and cozy. Even though the room was big, they were in a space for learning. I remember yes. 
when I taught in Canandaigua, New York. I had a bathtub in my room and they got to um, use it to read. They could lay in the bathtub and read. And there was a couch and they would pull out a little thing. They could be a couch potato and they could go read. Like fun little ways to make spaces feel different than a school because you can't change the fluorescent lighting and the walls. And that's something we're really big about. So I do want to talk about the energy of a space. You said it earlier Mm -hmm. And it's really important in schools and after-school programs and summer camps. But it's also important in our home. And I want you to kind of talk about how energy does matter in our homes. And simple things, if we can't afford a designer, what can we do ourselves that can change how it feels? Yeah, great question. There are so many things that that are almost, you know, free to some extent um, that you can do to kind of have good energy in your home. I think lighting is a really important one. Um, you, you know, paying attention to it, the different types of lighting, that if they're not too harsh and cold and um, bringing in natural light when you can, it's amazing how just that in general can kind of change the, the mood of the space and make you feel good. Um, and having lighting at different levels that you're not just like flipping on a switch and you've got all these like overhead lighting on, having, having things on dimmers is, is super important. That's I'm a great such a, idea. Love that. dimmer person. Yep. Um, and, and even just having like lighting on lamps or accent lighting that's lower and more close um, down low versus keeping everything up high is really important too. And, and being able to control that, like maybe you only want the lamp on in this one spot um, versus having the overhead light on and things like that too. So um, lighting's a big one, I, I think, in this space. When you work with um, a, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when you work with a client, do you prefer a, a blank canvas or do you like to come in with some existing pieces and parts that you can uh, take to another level? Um, a little bit of both. I think there's, as a designer, it's the creativity of like being able to, you know, just really use your mind and just give this new space a whole new light is awesome. But like I mentioned before, I love it when there's a good piece that has a story and has some interest to it. I think it, it brings in some good positive energy too. Well, it makes perfect sense. Before we forget, and no, we're not done with the show yet, but do let people know how they can get in touch with you and uh, perhaps uh, have you in for a consultation. Yeah, definitely. Um, Instagram is one way that we are on a lot. And I have that with Megan Bloom Interiors on Instagram. And I have a sister company called House of Bloom that people that just are design enthusiasts can purchase items on their own. And that's Shop House of Bloom. And that has just my curated items of objects that that inspire me and I use in a lot of my work. And um, people can purchase things that way too. Oh my gosh. I did not know this. I'm on it now. This is amazing. I love this. Do you get to travel and go find beautiful things all over the world? Yeah, I'm a lot of the objects I find when I'm at market, but I am a, a true collector as well and love to go thrifting and different things too and have a, obviously a good oh eye for gosh. that. So it allows me to kind of bring some just one of a kind things that yeah. again, I can use in design to make them interesting too. This is great. There's a section vintage for vintage enthusiasts, gifts under $100. This is, oh, I'm, I'm so excited. This is great. Yeah. So when uh, in this world of technology we live in, are you able to work with clients that live elsewhere and obviously yeah. using a FaceTime or some other way of, of uh, doing your business? Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, we, it's, it's really easy to work on remote projects and I do that frequently. I've got kind of some projects kind of all over the country that we're able to kind of help people. Um, and that's what's fun about the Shop House of Bloom too, is like we're able to send those objects all over the country and 
I know. Fun to see him going all over. I'm looking for something from my there coffee you table. Well, you enjoy <laughs> yeah. yourself over there. So, uh, going with my nickname of Mr. Negative, I don't remember where that came from, but surely there's a client story you could tell me of someone who was just impossible to work with. They just didn't want to listen to you in, in any way. And you said, you know what? I'm done with this project. Yeah, unfortunately, that does happen in our field that, you know, people say they want help and you give them the ideas and they don't want to listen or ultimately, um, sometimes they, they think they want to change their look. And so you give them this whole new look and they basically kind of go back to kind of what they had and are comfortable right. with what they had. So, and that's, it is challenging, um, aspects, but those are few and far between, between all the good ones. So I would think that something like what you do would make a great reality show. You know, when they rebuild somebody's <laughs> house and every once yeah. in a while they'll bring somebody in and they, you can tell they obviously don't like the changes, but 99% right. they're thrilled yeah. and delighted about it. Um, right. What is what is your favorite part of the process? Is it at the very beginning where you're scoping it out and putting together a plan, or you know, where in the in that food chain, if you will, are you most creative and the happiest? I would say definitely in those early fundamental stages when you're really kind of creating the story of what the home is going to look like and kind of getting all of the inspiration from the homeowner and then the inspiration that I find and like how we can make this home really beautiful and as you're learning things from the people, being able to put that back into the home to tell that story. I, I do love that part. Um, and then the finishing is always great. I'm fortunate that we often get to kind of have an unveiling where like we literally kind of just set the home up and the homeowners come in and see it for the first time all finished. And it's an emotional time for both of us. And that's so rewarding to like know that you can use your gift and give people beautiful homes. That's very cool. Speaking of gift, and, and I know Robin will echo this, because a lot of times we talk about energy in the classroom, energy in business. If you didn't have a personality or the ability to communicate with people, regardless of how talented you were as a designer, I suspect your business would not work. So where did you learn or where did you get the inspiration to be communicative and, and understand people's needs and speak to them in that way that lets them know that, yes, I'm engaged in this. I get it. I know what you're looking at. You have to give them that comfort level. Where does that come from in, mm -hmm. in your personal world? I would say listening. I mean, that is the key foundation to giving people beautiful homes is that you listen to what they want and what their needs are. And if they don't want fancy, you're not going to give them fancy. If they um, don't play the piano, you're not going to put a piano in there. You know, those types of things. Those are very basic, obviously. But, like, just I think at the core listening to them and caring about who they are and how you can help give them this beautiful environment is just really a key probably to our success. I think I, I sometimes assign superpowers. I would assign your superpower that you are a good listener. I can sense that energy from you. Just this interview, yeah. like your voice, you're very calming. Your whole energy like makes me feel warm and oh, it's very wonderful. inviting. And she doesn't say that to very many people, I have to say. <laughs> yes, oh, I that's sweet. Well, that's, I do. I true. say superpowers, but I don't say they have that calming energy like you do. And yeah. I yeah. would love to, um, I think, you know, it's so cool to, to transform a space, you know. it. I mean, energy can't be created, only transfer, transformed or transferred. And again, mm -hmm. it's the transformation of a space can really transform the energy. So, um mm -hmm. I am just so excited. I'm excited about my coffee table and I'm excited Yay. to know about your website with the uh, products. 
you have some work to do for I, your holidays. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm excited. So I want to throw this out before we, uh, and we're not quite there yet, but before we wrap up, I, I'm a big believer in comfort. I want people to come into my, my space, my house, and be able to sit back and put their feet up. And, and yet I've been in many houses that are there only for, I guess, somebody to show off pieces of furniture. They're uncomfortable. Uh, it's certainly not inviting. And in fact, I remember my childhood where we had a room in the house that had the plastic cover over the couch. You, you were never did allowed not. to sit, swear to God. Oh the, my the runner on the carpet, so nobody would wear the carpet. And certainly my grandparents, they all had that house. It was only used during holidays. But it was the most uncomfortable room, and there was no reason to want to stay in there. I'm all about comfort. What is it these days? Is it more to comfort? Is it more to design and showing off? You know, what are the percentages? I would say comfort is way more of a priority than rooms that are showy. There might still be rooms in a space that have some more elevated elegance that you're not in all the time, but they usually have a more of a purpose of like telling a story through beautiful artwork as well, or just having pieces that they stumbled across in their travels and things like that too. Um, I, I'm with you with comfort. I would say you need to live in your home. You need to be able to put your feet up on the coffee table. You need to be able to lounge and sleep, lay on the sofa and be really comfortable there too. And I think people can sense that when they walk in and they can know that like, oh, they live in this house. They are, they're comfortable. They can, you can move throughout. Um, you know, it's kind of use your China all, all the time during the year. Don't just use it on holidays. And I think that level of comfort, I think is important in a home. I have a selfish question. When you were mm-hmm. talking about uh, like lighting and, and you said there there's rug mistakes, what is the rule for a rug? Um, usually you want like all the furniture to be on the rug. Um, and all the legs? Sometimes you'll, yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll just see like a little five by eight basically sitting on the coffee table in mm-hmm. the much larger room. And that just, it just feels uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like it makes all the rest of the furniture feel like they're just kind of dancing around on the outside. And so it's important to just ground the space. Good to there. know. Thank you. See yeah. all this wonderful yeah. free advice. I know. All right. Yeah. We have about a minute left. Let's uh, again, yeah. tell people how they can get in touch with you. And then uh, we have maybe one or two other questions before we wrap things up. Sure. Yeah. Um, Megan Bloom Interiors on Instagram and our e-commerce site shop house of bloom also on Instagram are the great ways you can find inspiration and shop products that you love. Are you able to uh, to decorate rooms also based on, I don't know if this is the right word, culture, but, you know, there's, I love those things like those giant French posters that advertise liquor or, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the style, you obviously know what those are called, or, or maybe it's something Chinese or Japanese. I mean, is that something that people ask you to do as well? Let's do something in this particular theme, for example. Um, occasionally, um, Sometimes some more like specialty areas like the lower level or a bar or things like that. Like, hey, let's take this and have it feel like um, a bar in Chicago or, you know, different types of things like that. I definitely get requests for. I wouldn't say it usually gets themed to like an overall, I want this whole room to feel chinoiserie type of thing. But we would decorate with like a vase or something that has. All right, and now I have to know. jump in and say, great guest, Megan. I told you this would <laughs> See, happen. Megan Bloom, Megan Bloom Interiors. You've been listening to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love your feedback. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>